0: I thoroughly believe if we don't get this back within the next year, it will be gone for my generation. It usually, when, you, when you lose a right, it takes about 60 to 100 years to get it back, and you don't have to be a history major to know that.
1: All righty, that's right. Beating the odds one more time and we're back. back. Alabama Politics this week, Josh Boone and And
2: David Person.
1: And the smart ass guy we got producing (laughs) this thing. That's spent twenty minutes giving us instructions about what we shouldn't do anymore. Or what we've you know, making sure we had on the right clothing. You know. (laughs) My God.
2: Unbelievable. Yeah, I, I think, uh, I think it's, I think it's the age difference. He looks at me in particular and sees all this gray and he's like, I need to make sure the old man is still remembers how to, how to do this operation.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's uh yeah. You know how those young kids are. They just get to be, they know every damn thing, you know, they know everything. It's just God. So we've been gone for what? Three weeks. Yeah anything happen while we were out? I uh, mean, it's, let's uh, see. Hmm.
2: Uh, did uh,
1: I don't know all of law and precedent change. Uh, huh. you know, it's, uh, wow. yeah, all of healthcare suddenly get turned upside down uh, mm. for a bit. Mm. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's been, uh, it's been a weird few weeks, uh, around America, I would say, not just in the state of Alabama where there was, um, really weird glee, uh, over a lot of this. And, um, you know, and and just, but then also kind of utter confusion uh, yeah. about what's going to take place and how life is going to be, and uh, and we're going to have um, we're going to have Mia Raven on. She runs the clinic uh, uh, down in Montgomery, and um, and and so she is dealing with this stuff on a daily basis, and is one of the most knowledgeable people that I've ever run into about you know just not not simply just running the clinic, but also just the in, ins and outs of. Uh, you know, rights. Uh, you know, female <laughs> reproductive rights, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, and ha- and how it's working in other states, and the conversations back and forth about what to do and what they're advising patients and those sorts of things. She just she she knows a lot uh, of stuff uh, related to the abortion issue, and so we're going to talk to her about just basically what life is like now. Uh, yeah. In this state, um, as a as a clinic operator and as uh, somebody who's trying to help women, you know, make really tough and hard decisions, and yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, we'll <clears throat> so we'll save a lot of that right, that talk for then. But you but, know,
2: but, until, but 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 there is one thing I want I want to yeah. raise right now that I uh, just popped in my head that I want you to help me to remember to ask her about. And sure, that you is, are elderly.
1: Go ahead, go ahead. We'll write this down for you.
2: And that is, well, you know, at my age, I got to say it while it's on my mind. I don't know.
1: I got you. Absolutely.
2: So um, I was talking, I was in a conversation with uh, a buddy of mine uh, who is a urologist. And he practices on the West Coast. And he said that, in fact, he actually does work, he does work at Planned Parenthood. Because at the Planned Parenthood out there where he is in Southern California, they offer vasectomies. And he said that there is a rise, <clears throat> there's a rise, in, and I've heard this from some other places too, that there is a rise in the number of vasectomy requests now since uh, the overturning of Roe v. Wade. So I want to see if she knows anything about that or has heard anything yeah. about that.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, what's well, uh, that would be just like some men, right? And uh, uh, wait until the women couldn't handle it anymore. <laughs> yeah, you know. Nah, as long as she's got that option, we we'll just let her take care of it. You know, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, 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 uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, no, it's I I don't doubt that at all. You know, it's I I went back, uh, and not to get too deep into the into the conversation, but we we I went back and uh, for a column that I wrote, uh, I guess it was for yesterday. I had the days run together. Uh, but uh, I, I, it. I just went back and, and and looked at the conversations that were taking place in Al- the Alabama legislature concerning uh, the, uh, the passage of the bill that is now law in this state, uh, which you know banned all abortions and, and and included no exceptions for rape and incest. And um, you know Anthony Daniels had the, had a, had an amendment uh, that that he offered to try to include the exception for rape and incest uh, that was voted down because you know they were. We wanted to challenge Roe v. Wade with this. And this was, you know, and it was almost a, a wink and a nod sort of thing from Republicans where they're like, this is never going to pass, but we want to, you know, we, we want to make sure we're on the radar, you know, when we do this. And, um, you know, and it was, the conversations were so idiotic. Um, Clyde Chambliss uh, it, from Prattville. Said some of the dumbest shit imaginable. I've never, I mean, one of the things yeah. during this, they asked him about uh, IVF clinics, uh, mm-hmm. where you know they store thousands of eggs in a lot of these places, fertilized eggs uh, yeah, this was that are ready to be implanted. Things. This is one yeah. of the
2: dumbest things he said. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, and, and uh, they asked him, "Well, does does this apply? Does this bill apply to these clinics?" No, 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 because he says, and that, this is a quote. That that egg is not inside of a woman, so it doesn't it doesn't matter.
2: <laughs> well, then what are we talking about here, man? You know what? You, I mean what? that was so just. I mean, if mean, you're telling is... me
1: that that fertilized egg is now a person, which is what you're telling me, exactly. Uh, exactly. You know what though? You know what though? That's not the dumbest thing he said. You the don't dumbest think so? thing? No, 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 no. Far dumber than that was when he explained that his bill did, in fact, have exceptions for rape and incest
2: because a woman could still get an abortion before she knew she was pregnant. Oh, you're right. That was dumber. That was dumber. That was dumber. Which, what the, what oh, are you yeah. talking about, man? But but I want to go back to the first statement because even though I agree with you, that second statement was, in fact, dumber, which is really yeah. saying something. Yeah, the first statement actually to me is maybe maybe it's not so much that it was the I mean it was a dumb statement, but it was also revealing. very revealing.
1: Revealing, yes.
2: Because what it really shows is that this is exactly what this is exactly what a lot of pro choice folks have been saying for years. It is about controlling the woman's body. Because if it was just about the preservation of life. And if life begins at conception, then mm-hmm. a fertilized egg, buddy, you ought to be trying to save all of those. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, those are all lives, and that's sure. you know that's like the whole you know the the old analogy that uh, that people uh, that people use, which is let's say you enter into a clinic that also it happens to be uh, you know they they do IVF at that clinic, uh, and uh, there's a fire that breaks out in, in the clinic. And locked trapped in one room is an eight year old girl and trapped in another room is thousands upon thousands of fertilized eggs. What are you going to say? Yeah. You know, I mean, we know what you're going to say. We yeah, know you're going to go and get the, the girl. girl. That's yeah. right. Because it's, that's an actual human being, you know that's what right. I mean? It's just, and, and so, you know, that is a, I, I just, this whole thing, is so you know, and I'm I, I've explained this before. I, I'm not this you know. I don't even know what the correct terminology would be. I you know it like a extra pro abortion uh, person or whatever. I, I I you know I'm I'm uneasy with the whole with the whole process of it. But it's you know, and Mia, I've talked to Mia about this, and you know, she, she knows uh, that my my feelings on a lot of this, and uh, but it's it's still. It's it's not my business, you know. Uh, for for a period of time, I believe that at a, at a point that you know, even before birth, there is, uh, you know, there's a point there where where that's, that that changes over, and it does become a human being, and and we we know this. But I, I think yeah. science should determine that, um,
2: and, and, you know? and and more importantly to me than it not being your business or my business, it's not the government's business, and that's the real. That to me is the real. That's where the pivot is that you don't nobody should want to empower a government to have that kind of say over an individual's personal moral choice, especially when it's it's about something that's entirely an internal process. It's just I mean, if that's the kind of door you want to open to the government, then we're in serious trouble. Yeah, no, you're right. And it's just, yeah,
1: and like I said, I, I don't want to get just uh, terribly deep into this because we're going to spend the, that time talking to her about it. But it's, you're right. It's, it's, it, these people that talk about these things, and they, you hear, you, you watch these hearings and stuff, and they, they talk about, you know, these women that are having, you know, just a minute before birth, they're having abortion, you know, and, and it's just, you know, and they'll, they'll use statistics related to that. And those statistics are almost always related to pregnancies that have gone horribly wrong uh, somewhere in the third trimester. And, and it, it involves women and families that are absolutely crushed that 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 pregnancy cannot continue. That, that something has occurred inside the womb that has made that, that pregnancy unviable, and, and they're going to have to end it uh, for the safety of the mother and probably for uh, the benefit of the child as well or the, you know, the, the fetus uh, because uh, of the pain that it, w- it would be under. And so it's just it, it just removes it, it, it. I hate the phony way it's presented. So many times, you know, I hate the phoniness of this thing um, so much. And, and the fact that that we're very much going to force children to have children, um, you know, and uh, that's yeah, I know. It's just I mean, you know, we 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 know these stats are true as well. We know that, mm-hmm. that of the abortions performed in this state last year uh, or in 2020, I'm sorry, in 2020, uh, 25 of them were performed on girls between the ages of 10 and 14.
2: Mm mm-hmm. So, yeah, when I saw that in your column, that was that was eye opening because I I really had not seen any stats about that, and I've I've been wondering about that in light of the case of that, uh, is it that ten uh, year old girl? I think she was yeah. living in Ohio or someplace yeah, and travel
1: to Indiana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Let, yeah. Let's us uh, let, let, get into now. I know we will. We're going to talk <clears throat> with her about some of these sorts of things, but I think you and I can talk a little bit. Perhaps about the political implications sure. of this, without it really, because we probably aren't yeah, going to get into that no, so much no, with her. No, no, no. Um, so, what do you think about this? So, I thought that it was pretty brilliant for Stacey Abrams to get right out front and just basically say unequivocally, "My campaign, or my campaign, is going to be driven largely by." this whole thing about protecting reproductive rights of women Mm -hmm. and just the way she immediately pushed back on it. And then I noticed that uh, our friend Anthony Daniels has basically done the same thing Mm -hmm. here in Alabama. And, uh, and, and I think, I think that's uh, from a political standpoint, I think that's pretty smart. I think it puts Democrats in a position that um is going to ultimately be a stronger position than what Republicans are going to be able to justify
1: i i, I do not disagree with anything that you've said. Um, okay. I think that it's very very smart on on both of their parts. Uh, I hope that the party continues with that uh, uh, and continues to draw a clear line with between uh, the two sides of this issue. Uh, because this is, make no mistake about it, I don't care what you hear in your little Republican circles or hear you see from your friends on Facebook and everything else. This is a losing issue uh, for Republicans. It's a losing issue nationally. It's a losing issue in this state. You can point to amendments and all the other garbage you want to point, uh, point to, but no... Uh, election in this state, you know, gerrymandered election, and in, uh, in which the uh, voter turnout is suppressed uh, to the degree that it is in this state by the gerrymandering and by some of the laws that we have, it will convince me any uh, any way in any way that this issue is anything but a loser because I've seen the polling on it, and I know that uh, that for a fact. Uh, you, I would bet you right now today that eighty percent, eighty percent or greater. I, I would bet it's uh, approaching 90 percent of the people in Alabama, not nationally, in Alabama are against this law that we currently have on the books. The one that does not allow for exceptions for rape and incest. I guarantee you that they have a problem with that. And I guarantee you that if if Democrats, what Democrats should do, this is my advice to them, if they're listening, um, is take all of those idiotic statements that they made. And plaster that shit on billboards up and down I-65, up and down I-20, I-59, all throughout this state. Every major highway, plaster that dumb shit around there and make it come back and make them own it. Because that's what you did. That's what you fought for during that whole deal. Uh, uh, Daniels and uh, Bobby Singleton, they fought for... Uh, forcing these guys to go on record, forcing the, the roll call votes because they tried to do it voice votes. Now they, they tried to do it in the house as well. Now Bobby had to go out of his mind. I don't know if you <laughs> I posted a, a video of Bobby just going nuts in the, uh, in the Senate. Well, uh, went back when this happened, when they tried to, when, uh, my boy Will Ainsworth uh, tried to sneak a fast one by everybody uh, uh, and, uh, uh, and tried to just do it real fast on the voice vote. And Bobby lost his damn mind, man. it yeah. just, no, 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 no. And it was over. <laughs> and then he went on another tirade at the end of the whole thing and told them how they had raped Alabama. They raped all the little girls in this state. And they would raped everybody. And Jeez, so that's uh. uh
2: Ooh, that's a oh, he, listened, harsh, he, but... he knew
1: what he was doing. No, yeah, it was. He was yeah. fired up at that point And yeah. uh, and he was mad about the lack of uh, of exceptions for rape and incest because all of them, all of them said, you know, we're not really uh, pro-abortion folks here. And I think that's another, you know, that's another issue to be raised with a lot of people uh, here is, you know, a, a particularly in, um, I would say, in the black community. Uh, and I'm mm. I'm. Uh, and I'm speaking because you know we don't have any black guys on this podcast to talk about. Right, right. Um, just two white, so, yeah, yeah. white guys talking. Yeah, just um, two white guys talking. And so, I, no, but I, I, I believe that that's that's kind of a sticking point. And uh, you yeah. can tell me if I'm wrong. Uh, no, that,
2: I think I think you're right. I think it's a sticking point, in, particularly in the black church. In the black church, but but I would also suggest to you that um, there is the. You know, Democrats are very, we're very divided. I think we're more divided on this abortion issue than we appear to be. I think we're, what unifies us, I think, is that we all feel strongly that the government should not have the final say in whether or not a woman has the ability to make a choice like this for herself, but then when yeah. you start when you start dissecting where we are uh, more broadly, I think you find like you're suggesting, Josh, in the black church community, there is a real discomfort with the idea of just sort of cavalierly embracing abortion. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've also noticed that uh, in the outside of the well, let me just say in the uh, i'll say the predominantly secular community uh uh the secular part of the democratic party yeah. i think there is a real kind of um there's almost a ferocious kind of uh uh dogma that exists as it relates to uh whether or not a person should be pro choice and the dogma leans strongly towards you just got to be absolutely undeniably pro-choice no matter mm-hmm. what and i really think most people if you really if you really boil it down i think where most people probably are is is where uh where i was suggesting uh we are at the beginning which is that uh you know we you know, there's some discomfort with this thing. We don't want to be too comfortable. Kind of like where you've described you are. We don't want to be too comfortable with the idea of abortion, but we understand that it's necessary. Yeah, and we yeah. understand that yeah. there are situations where it's going to be extremely necessary, and it needs to remain legal, and mm-hmm. we need to be comfortable with the legality of it, even if we aren't always comfortable with the idea of how that legality then may allow it to be used.
1: Yeah. 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 Uh, I, I think that that's, that's very, very accurate, what you've said. Um, I, and, you know, for me personally, you know, I, I, I well, I think what I struggle with, I, I struggle with every time I believe that I land on a definition that I, I believe should be the law. Um, I, I, I meet an exception there to that. And somebody says, well, what about this example? Uh, that occurred here. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's right. And, I, you know, I let's take, for example, the late term abortion ban uh, that was there. You know, I, I feel like I feel like that was the thing that probably related closest to what I was comfortable with. Um, uh, however, I know that there are exceptions uh, many, many times and there are things that occur um that that are viable exceptions to that and 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 so i, I may be in concert you know a, a, an abortion ban after a certain period, but that is relying upon a woman and a doctor making a decision um and and if a medical professional is is there and can say This is why this is necessary um you know then it is controlled by a medical board. Uh, And not necessarily by the government, but by medical professionals that look at this and say, "Okay, that yes, that is a that is a viable exception to to what's taking place here. And and we want to to do that. I, I understand that that will probably anger a lot of people that think that there is. Uh, you know, there should never be any restrictions on this. This is something that's a personal health decision and things. And, and I, I, I I think that's a very reasonable position as well. Uh, But I I just think that at some point having gone through, um, you know, uh, the the pregnancy of my wife, uh, you know, with along with her, not that I did anything and don't mistake me for saying that I did something there, you know, although I was pushing pretty hard in that delivery room, uh, but uh, you know, I think I did a lot of work there, uh, but the—I'm uh, joking, uh, completely. But I, I just feel like at some point in that—that that little blob on the on the screen that I was looking at in, in these ultrasounds, that became a person. You know, that became a you know, that became my daughter that, that's running around here now. Long before she she gave birth to her, so. You know, she could feel things. The heartbeat was there. I mean, I know heartbeats are classified different ways. That, you know, but, but there there are things that you that science can tell us are taking place inside that womb that we know for a fact. Not not we're not well, guessing. This isn't biblical or anything like that. But we right, know for a fact right, it's right. taking place. And so right. that's where I draw it. That's, that's right. just me.
2: You know, well, okay? There's a, there's a certain point, and I, I you know I've interviewed. Um, the two uh, abortion providers, or well, I guess now we'll say former abortion providers, okay. uh, who operate here in Madison County, Doctor uh, Doctor Yashika Robinson and Doctor uh, and Doctor Williams, her uh, her her business uh, a partner or associate, and. Um, you know, what, you know, what they'll tell you is that 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 whole fetal heartbeat thing is a scientific. uh, Yes. It's a scientific misnomer that it's actually not a fetal heartbeat. If you take those cells and put them in a Petri dish, or Mm -hmm. if you take a a cells from an adult person, actually, and put them in a Petri dish that they'll still beat. you know, so that's sort of a a misnomer. But but without question, Josh, without question, you know and I know as parents that there is a point where mm-hmm. uh there's it's undeniable, indisputable that there's life inside of a woman's womb. Yeah. You know, I remember clearly playing a game with my son when he was still in uh in my in his mother's womb. And um and it was just sort of and I call it a game, but I mean you know, I remember sort of tapping on her belly or something. Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. he kind of pushed back in the same place and I tapped again. And then he did the same thing. It was like, we were playing a game. It was just mind blowing. So there's, there's no question about that. But, but I want to also say this, if you talk to doctors as I have Dr. Williams and Dr. Robinson, they will both say that they believe it is not their role to have the final say. They, they they only want to advise, provide information. They believe unequivocally that the sole choice should be the mother's choice. Unequivocally. Right. They don't want to yeah. have that responsibility.
1: Yeah, and I understand that as well. I mean, it's... it's um, I, I do. I get that completely. Um, I, I just... You know, I feel like there there is obviously a point that that comes where even you know the child should uh, should stay in the womb for longer. But if if something happened and it needed to be delivered, that child could survive on the outside of the womb. Um, you know, it's hard for me to say at that point. It's it's simply you know a matter of of not being you know not not taking into account another human life. That, that's that's all I'm saying. You know, if mm-hmm. if if the only distinction there is whether or not that person, because I, believe, I do believe at that point it's a person, is inside or outside of the womb, then I, I don't, you know what I'm saying? I just, I just feel like that, that's a sticking point for me. Uh, but, um, and, 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 but I also understand that there are things that occur. And, and that's what I'm saying with, with the doctor's portion of this is uh, not encouraging somebody to have one, but if someone would like to have this procedure done because of whatever situation is going on or not like to have it or, or is required of them uh, in some way. Then you know the doctor it could could make a determination over whether or not this would be medically necessary for the health of the mother, for the health, you know, the, the well being of the of the child, fetus, whatever. Um, you know, I, I I just feel like those things could be done outside of the role of government. Uh, and and I, I you know I, that's that, but that's again that's my personal thing, mm-hmm. and I'm not the one having the baby. You know, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, um, and you know, and but back to your point about what. Um, what's happening? You know what happened over in Georgia. What happened in other places uh, with this, uh, and what the Democratic Party is doing? Um, you know, I, I think that kind of ties in too with what we, you know, we're seeing a change at the top. Uh, Chris England is 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 bowing out uh, and is uh, going to give up the chairmanship, and so we're going to have. Have a new chairman uh, after the August thirteenth meetings. They're going to nominate uh, somebody else to be appointed um, when his term ends. And I, you know, right now there's Tabitha Eisner and Josh Coleman uh, who who are for sure running for this. Uh, I, you know, was under the understanding that Tim Raglan, who's the mayor of Talladega, is also going to run. I know he was a very popular choice. Uh, with I thought the two factions of the party, you know, the leadership of the guys that kind of brought in the change and the Joe Reed faction that was out. I thought they were both fairly supportive of Tim Raglan and kind of viewed him as a guy of the future. Uh, but I think they're, they've run into a little bit of trouble on whether or not Tim Raglan can remain the mayor of Talladega and also be the chairman. Uh-huh. Uh, and so we'll see how that irons itself out. But, you know, I, they've got to get some things done, you know, and, and that's just the bottom line. I, I think they've made some progress. Uh, I don't, I haven't been totally unhappy with what happened during Chris's uh, reign as chairman. Uh, I think it was, you know, the jumping off point and and some foundation was laid there, but they got to get some stuff done now. Um, Well,
2: I I agree. This is, uh, we're at a very, I mean, we've been in a crucial time period for months now and it's, it's somewhat disappointing to me. I' was just speaking for myself and nobody else it's disappointing to me that uh I haven't seen more action from the party, but I do think that chris actually has been a uh i think he's probably been as good a chair as he can be, considering that he's also in the legislature and has his own private law practice. He's a really sharp guy and I wish that um I wish that there had been a way uh for him to uh well, you know, I I wish there'd really been a way probably for him to have been the executive director of the party instead of maybe the chair, you know, yeah. because I think he's that smart and and has the right kind of disposition to really lead, uh, Alabama Democrats forward in a healthy direction. But, you know, that's not what we have. So we got to deal with what we have. Uh, I don't, I don't know, uh, Mr. Coleman, I do know Tabitha a little bit. I've I've interacted with her a little bit and, um, I think she's, I think she's, uh, she certainly, you know, I think she's more than capable of leading the party. And uh and I would be happy with uh I would certainly be happy to give her uh to see her get an opportunity to do so. Um you know, Mr Coleman, I don't I don't know anything about him. So hey, I, can't uh, speak
0: I him.
1: believe he's part of the uh the you know, the LGBTQ caucus that came in. Mm-hmm. Uh I okay. know he is uh yeah. very popular. Uh, with a lot of folks, uh, especially younger uh, Democrats uh, in, uh, uh, in and around Birmingham. I believe he's from the Birmingham area um, and, and has made a lot of friends there. Um, yeah, I, you know, I, I know Tabitha is, is popular with, with a certain group of people within the party um, and that she has worked pretty hard on a number of issues. Um, you know, I, I just, um, my, like I said, my, to me, To me, the only thing that is necessary right now is to have a person that's going to go in and work, you know, and, and establish some of the things we all know they need to do. But more importantly for this party is somebody that both sides of the split and we all know where the split is. Uh, can get behind and and handle business and 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 get everybody kind of united and and deal with uh, you know the little bitty bickering that's going to go on back and forth between folks and if we can if I can get that person in place I think things start to align a little bit better um, and I agree you know and, and that, that was another reason like I said that, that, I, that I thought Raglan was going to end up being the guy uh, because of 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 those. Qualities, and not to mention, he's also a very popular guy with the national party. Uh, they see him as kind of a rising star. You know, one became mayor at 29 over in Talladega, uh, which is no easy feat. And mm-hmm. and before that, was very popular, uh, real go getter, uh, as they say. Uh, back in the fifties, they said that a lot in the fifties, go getter. And uh, you know, but he would uh, he he did uh, you know he he was he was he did, he, yeah. he uh, worked on a lot of campaigns and. Uh, was, was very popular and well thought of. And so I think that, uh, uh, you know, if they can work it out where he can get in the race, I, that to me would be uh, one of the better choices. But okay. I think there's also some support there with Coleman as well. And, and some support with Eisner. I, I mean, none of these, all of these people believe most of the same stuff that we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's just a matter of what what's best for the party at this particular moment. None of these people are bad people.
2: Right. Well, I think you actually hit on the, the most, salient point, which is whoever that person is, they've got to be a unifier because there's just been too much division. So they've got to be somebody who they've got to be somebody who can bring the two factions together. And I also think they've got to be somebody who will not be beholden to uh, any of the current power brokers in the party, whether that's, uh, you know, uh, well, just whoever, I mean, I started to call names. I won't call names, but just (laughs) somebody who will be able to uh, to stand up and and go toe to toe, if necessary, with, you know, a power broker here or a power broker there. I think that's that's really important. Uh, And then finally, you and I both have been hearing from separate places about, uh, you know, question of questions about the spending of money. Yeah. And about expenditures, financial expenditures and and uh, what people are getting paid and and how money is being used and not used and so forth and so on. Again, I'm not going to call any names here, but I think it is important that whoever sits in that that party chair role is somebody who can restore some confidence among the rank and file about the finances, because I've heard enough grumbling and I, I'm not even that, I'm not even that plugged yeah. in, but yeah. I've heard enough to know that there's a problem here with people's perception of how the party yeah. is using its resources.
1: Yeah. And even if it is only a perception problem, that's still a problem. That's still uh, you a know, problem. You, you need to that's make right. people uh, feel comfortable because if you're, if people are uncomfortable, you're not getting them to spend money with you. Um, and, and if they're not donating, then you got a yeah, huge problem. If, if people aren't, uh, the perception is the reality when it comes to donations. Um, That's right. And you know, if people don't believe that you're going to use their money in the best possible way. Then they they slack off on giving it to you. And and we, you know, the Democratic Party at this point, the, there's no money to be thrown around. You know. So, all right, I tell you what, let's uh, let's slide out of here. Uh, come back, we'll we'll get Mia Raven on and uh, and do uh, you know just talk about what life is like now as a uh, as a clinic, uh, a former I guess abortion clinic uh, operator in the state, and uh, what. Uh, how, how things are transpiring at ground level. Uh, we'll be back in a minute. Alabama Politics This Week.
2: I'm David Person with Alabama Politics This Week. You know, you listen to me and Josh every week. And we have a blast as we talk about Alabama politics and culture and as we interview newsmakers and journalists about Alabama politics and culture. Thanks for your support of this great podcast, and I hope that you will continue to not only listen, but to share it with your friends and also give us a rating on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you're listening to it. Thanks a lot.
1: Welcome back. Uh, Alabama Politics This Week. Josh Moon, David Person, and we are happy now to have with us, wish it was in better, under better circumstances, but we are happy to have uh, Mia Raven, the executive director of the Powerhouse, uh, former clinic worker, uh, you know, that does all sorts of different things around the state of Alabama, uh, an activist, you've probably seen her. If there's been a rally in Montgomery, you've probably seen her. Uh, Out there, uh, on one side or the other uh, of it, and me, we wanted to get you on because we know the uh, the abortion laws, uh, as they are now, um, have directly affected well, you know, millions of women in our state alone, and um, and your business, which was the powerhouse, uh, was a women's clinic in Montgomery. Um, yeah, I, I guess the best way to, to kind of get into things is, is, what, is what is life like now for, for a women's clinic in the state of Alabama?
0: Uh, well, our clinic here in Montgomery is closed. That is because we don't have local physicians. We have always run um, the clinic with out-of-state physicians who come from very far away in very blue states, nowhere near here. Mm-hmm. because of the harassment um but the clinic is closed um that means nobody is getting any kind of care in the clinic because it's when you don't have a local physician it's very hard to continue services because of the overhead All right yeah uh
1: what um i you know we we, we talked just a little before we came on um, mm-hmm. about, about how life is now. Um, so what you said that, that there is an issue now with our laws, because there, there, this is another problem that we have with this. Well, everything that's happened uh, with the overturning of Roe v. Wade is, um, you have States like Alabama who did absolutely zero to prepare for this. Um, even though we knew for some time that this was likely going to be the outcome. They did zero to prepare for this in terms of making people understand what the laws were. I think in some instances that was very intentional. But uh, regardless, they didn't do any, any preparation at all. And so you're left in, in sort of a spot where you're relying on the advice of, of attorneys. What, what do they tell you about? How to how to operate? How to uh, how to go about advising women? What what is life like in that regard?
0: I feel like the state of Alabama has taken away my freedom of speech, and by that I mean I cannot tell someone if they come by the powerhouse. You know, it's right next door to the clinic here, and they ask me uh, the clinic's closed. Where can I get an abortion? I can only give them a pre-approved sheet of paper that has states on it even though I know according to where they live where the closest clinic would be to them. Upon the advice of our attorneys, um they say don't do that because I could run afoul of Alabama's very strange conspiracy law and or be charged with aiding and abetting under the twenty nineteen ban, which is the Human Life Protection Act.
1: Right. So so that would then make it to where Basically that, basically, that law is saying because it's a felony here, you can't assist someone in getting this procedure done in another state.
0: Right. And the conspiracy part of it is just Alabama's weird little law, I guess you would say. Our attorneys are like, we don't even see this in other states like Texas. Um, but because, because Alabama's conspiracy law is written in such a way where if I tell someone about a procedure or where to get a procedure that is legal in another state, because I told them in Alabama and they're an Alabama resident and I'm an Alabama resident, Alabama could charge me with conspiracy on top of violating that section of the 2019 ban that says aiding and abetting because it's written so loosely that you can imagine what's going to happen.
2: No. Mia, does that apply just to you as a former abortion provider, or would that also apply to the average citizen?
0: That is your average citizen. Um, Mm. I know I have eyes on me because I am an abortion advocate. I've been doing this for years and years and years. I know people are looking at me, so I'm just very extra cautious. But I don't think your average Alabamian understands the implications of these laws, and all it takes is the right or wrong district attorney in your county to hear about this, and it could be, you know, your cousin, or you know, a college student on a college campus. It could be literally anyone.
1: Yeah, well, it could be it could be your daughter, you know, that you're right. taking, you know, that you you want to have. About abortion in another in another state, which it kind of flies in the face of all that. Well, th- these things are legal. It's just a state's rights issue. They're legal in other states. Why couldn't we? You just go to another state and get it exactly. done. Exactly. Exactly.
0: Right, and you you already see some other red state legislatures moving to stop people from leaving the state mm-hmm. and instituting a Texas like ten thousand dollar bounty. And I hate to tell y'all, but come March of next year, we're going to see the same thing happen in Alabama. I already know what they're going to do. Hmm. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure it out.
2: You know, I think uh, I'm so glad that you are uh, sharing this with us, uh, because I do think that there is a very sinister uh, side. Well, the whole thing is openly sinister let me let me actually correct myself the whole thing is openly sinister but but there's also something that's maybe even more insidious than what's obvious and i think it came out josh and i were talking about this before you joined us mia uh i think uh what's that guy's name josh the legislator we were talking about claude Um, chambliss 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 yeah he i think he said the quiet part out loud when he said um when he said uh uh well, no, we're not going to uh target uh you know fertility clinics that have fertilized eggs because those eggs are not in a woman's body. I mean, that really says to me and and I, and Josh and I agreed on this that 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 this that's that really says that this is really not about their perception of where life begins, because their argument has always been that once the egg is fertilized, life begins there. So if that was such a, 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 a top of mind consideration, then they would be absolutely trying to protect and preserve all of those eggs, fertilized eggs. But instead, instead, he's saying, no, because it's not in a woman's body, which means this is really all about what we've always known it was about, and that was controlling a woman's body.
0: Exactly. I tell people all the time you cannot understand the anti abortion movement until you understand that they really, at the core of it, do not care about, quote, babies. It is about controlling people and their sexual agency. And those two things go hand in hand. Because if they really cared about children, We're in Alabama. We could do a lot better by Alabama's children. We could have better schools. We could have better health care. We could have better access to daycare. But when it comes to all those things, there's never money for that. Or we don't have it in the budget. You know, we're just now lucky to get expanded postpartum Medicaid for people. Hmm. And do you realize how poor you have to be to be on Medicaid in Alabama? (laughs) Yeah. You can't make more than like three, three fifty a month to be on Medicaid. So it traps people in a cycle of poverty. Yeah.
2: Yeah. One and it's other, just it's sad. Yeah. It it is absolutely sad. It's sad and it's evil, I think. I think it's just flat out evil. Now, I, I this is I don't want to give anybody the impression that I'm trying to conflate this as an issue that should be given equal consideration to what to what women are being subjected to. But I do have a sort of curiosity question here. I was in a conversation with a urologist uh, on the West Coast who provides services at Planned Parenthood uh, out there in one of the Southern California counties. And he was saying that what he's noticed there. Uh, is that there is an uptick of men going to Planned Parenthood out there looking to get vasectomies. And I've also heard somewhere else that there's supposed to be some sort of an uptick in men getting vasectomies since Roe v. Wade has over, been overturned. Uh, have you heard anything about this? And, and what what's your take on what that may mean?
0: Um, that is true. Uh, One of our doctors who used to work at the clinic also does vasectomies, and they have told me this is true. Um, So I think people are starting to see the slippery slope that we are sliding down because like the Georgia bill that they just reintegrated, uh, reintegrated yesterday, that includes personhood. And when you're talking about personhood, the particular Georgia bill starts child support while the child is in utero. So you're starting to see men go. Oh, wait a minute! They can come after yeah. me too. And honestly, that's what it is. That's abortion, a abortion. Yes, abortion benefits men so much, but men never talk about it.
1: Yeah, uh, it's, it's really, it's really. As I told David earlier, it's it's the perfect uh, microcosm of men. Not doing anything, not taking this simple procedure uh, until this point, until you know, the the option for the woman was off the table uh, to handle the right.
0: whole
1: thing. Uh, <laughs> right, yeah. I, I, You know it. I, I, well, you know, we, and we had a because we had a fairly long discussion about this, uh, you know, before you came on, and and um, yeah, you, know, you, you know me, and you know my you know qualms about abortion and, and and things and you know that I'm not like this pro abortion kind of person. And, but, you know, I, I do believe that there, you know, I, from for me personally, I take a more scientific, you know, approach to the whole thing, but this, the, the emotional and sinister portion of this that David talked about and really the sinister portion, I think is the, the correct terminology here. Um, uh, it feels like we have we've we've crossed this threshold somewhere in which we it's now okay to not only say we disagree with this but we want to punish you for disagreeing with what we believe as well uh we want to we're gonna we're gonna punish everybody we can get our hands on in this um and I think that we're, we're at a point now where we're going to have a lot of people that are doing this, especially in a state like Alabama, where we're going to have a lot of DAs and folks that are trying to gain fame um, that are going to do some things in regards to that. Like what you've talked about with, with the, the bills that I'm sure are coming uh, and they're going to start prosecuting people uh, for aiding and abetting abortions. And and they're going to make a spectacle of themselves. And it seems to me that we're sliding down a slope here that we can never
0: recover from. I agree. And if we don't flip that Senate in the midterms, I thoroughly believe, Josh, and, you know, I'm I'm not one to be alarmist, but I thoroughly believe if we don't get this back within the next year, Mm -hmm. it will be gone for my generation. It is, when you when you lose a right, it takes about 60 to 100 years to get it back. And you don't have to be a history major to know that. You can look at history and see that. And what? we're just going to be uh, in a bad place. And you're going to hear some terrible things coming out. They're starting to trickle out, but we haven't gotten to the bad point yet. And let me tell you, if you think a 10-year-old in a clinic is rare, it is not. I have seen a nine-year-old in this
2: clinic in Montgomery. Jesus!
0: What? Yes. Oh, Victims of horrible, terrible things that I will not get into. Oh, but ten, eleven, twelve-year-olds in clinics are not an anomaly. Mm.
1: Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, my next question mm. was going to be when when you say this is this is going going to be bad. What what? what does that look like you know for, i mean you know better than anybody else you know what we're, what what life was like here and what uh, what so many young women experienced what is what is their li- what are their lives going to look like now
0: they're going to be prosecuted for pregnancy outcomes and by that we, it's already happened i mean look at the case in 2019 of marche who mm-hmm. was shot in the stomach and prosecuted for manslaughter because a woman shot her and the woman was an aggressor, so we already know these pregnancy outcome cases already happen. Alabama tries pregnancy outcomes at a rate of almost five hundred times the normal national rate. That was just in a paper put out by the National advocates for pregnant women
2: can you Can you explain Can you explain that in a little bit more detail when you say? that they're going to be prosecuted for pregnancy outcomes. Break that that phrasing down for us a little bit more.
0: Uh, A pregnancy outcome is like when you miscarry, okay? Um, When you take abortion pills, that causes a miscarriage. You can also just be living your life normally and have a miscarriage. Miscarriages are not uncommon. But we're going to get to the point to where things are going to go around and whisper about, Oh, I heard she ordered abortion pills off the internet or blah blah blah, she went to another state and got the abortion pill. And it's going to start getting back around and you're going to have people investigated for their pregnancy outcomes.
2: So, Mia, let me Wow, this is mm, profoundly disturbing. Let me let me ask you this though. I I It seems to me like I mean I, I understand what you're saying in terms of the trajectory the political trajectory of this thing if we don't stop it but But it seems to me like it's going to be stopped because there have been too many advances made by women that have not only empowered women but that have have made but inroads have been made in enlightening us men i was looking at um, i was looking me at the espies uh the espies uh, uh, uh last night and um you know and i was looking at just the, the 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 very strong presence of women and how the power of women and the importance of protecting women uh, and, and, and not in a paternalistic way, but protecting rights is what I mean, you know, and, and acknowledging rights, um, has, has was so celebrated and it was just woven into that whole program. I, am I wrong? I, am I misreading here? I mean, I just find it hard to believe that, that we as a society with all of our advances are going to sit back and let this, this crazy hell, you know, establish itself.
0: Well, you know, it's already established itself in the South. And when I tell people that, you know, people's solution to this, oh, you have to vote. Well, guess what? In the South, we are gerrymandered. We have been gerrymandered for years. The Mm -hmm. South cannot vote its way out of abortion bans. As much as I hate to say it, we're just screwed in the South until something is drastically changed. And it's going to have to come from the federal government at this point because we are out of options. Alabama never going to do the right thing. Mississippi's not going to do the right thing. Georgia is not going to do the right thing. And it's literally going to take you're going to start seeing it. And this gives me no joy to say this, but people are going to die. And it's going to take somebody in power being affected by someone's death to make this happen. If we don't get it on a federal level soon, like I said, give it a year and it's gone.
1: Yeah. I I mean, I, I I don't, I don't disagree with what you say. And, and, you know, partly because of what, I mean, what, what just happened? I mean, you know, we, we, we did this at the Supreme court level. Um, you know, uh, this is what we did after this has been law for 60 years and we just overturned this and made this the law, um, You know, we we let Alabama and Mississippi and Georgia and Louisiana and Florida and all these other backwards ass states do this crazy shit. This was what they knew that this was coming. They've seen all these challenges. They knew this was coming. They knew what the laws on the books were going to be. All of these things have landed on their desks now for decades, and they knew this was coming. And they still did it. They still did it anyway. Um, And you know, and it just you're right. I mean, it's until. I, I, honestly, Debbie, you wrote a column uh, a while back about there being, you know, in, in terms of the gun argument, uh, a Mamie Till moment. Yeah. And, and I think that there's probably going to have to be something similarly that happens in this as well, where there is a, a 10 or 12 year old rape victim that, you know, we're going to have to see with our own eyes uh, that people are going to have to view with their own eyes being forced to carry out a pregnancy that probably nearly kills them uh, before there is some level of change at any level. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, when you say that, that that sort of thing is, you know, 10, 12, 11, you know, 10, 11, 12, 13 year olds is not uncommon. How un- how not uncommon is not uncommon?
0: Uh, you can go look at the ADPH's website. They had numbers that came out recently, but there was over, I believe it was like over 50 that were 10 to 12, they don't even rank nine-year-olds. It's usually 10 to 12, but I can tell you personally, I've seen a nine-year-old in the clinic here in Montgomery.
1: I mean, so yeah, this is what's going to happen. Those those kids are going to have to have kids.
0: You know right, what I mean? They're usually stuck in that cycle of poverty, especially that young. What is a kid going to do? Run out and get a job?
2: Right.
0: When you're nine, 10 years old, it's not well, going to happen.
2: Right. And I, I don't I mean I you and Josh uh, your 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 argument is very compelling. I guess what I'm trying to be uh maybe is uh man maybe it's naive on my part. But I'm trying to be optimistic. I'm trying to believe that while while I think your assessment of of the state of the the, the status quo down here in the south the deep south is 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 indisputable, I would like to think that there is that enough hell is going to be raised in other parts of the country um that that and that there's going that there's going to be sort of a national movement a groundswell and that it will even ignite i'd like to think that it will even ignite enough numbers of women even in the south- women and their men allies and and allies of 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 uh across the gender spectrum that 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 maybe uh, we can raise enough hell to to see this thing turn around. But but it sounds like you don't have that optimism, though.
0: I don't. And I've spent enough time at the Alabama legislature to know better. When people <laughs> show you who they are, you should listen to them. And Josh will tell you, he's been at the legislature as much as I have. Some of the things I have heard coming out of the legislature's mouths, should frighten you.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because there the, the is open Christianity uh as reasoning
2: behind legislation everything.
0: Yes, yeah. behind everything.
2: Yeah. Which you um, know really pisses me off as a Christian because so many of us don't subscribe to that bullcrap.
1: Well, the, the man we mentioned earlier, Clyde Chambliss, began his presentation in support of the bill that is currently our law in a committee meeting by asking or by, by stating uh, something about it. You know, it I, I, for one, happen to believe in a creator. Uh, and that's the way this whole thing got underway. Yeah, um, well,
2: you know, I have you know, to believe I, in a creator, too. but that's, Well, I'm I just saying, but that I mean, was his
1: reasoning believes. for 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 sponsoring this bill. Uh, Was this, And that's what he used as justification for creating these laws. And it's um, they believe that they're right. And, you know, the problem that we have, I think, is that so much of this gets muddled into your everyday politics Um, and that the the women uh, who would go and vote uh, for their rights and against this awfulness that's taking place, particularly in this state. Uh, get wrapped up in other political issues, uh, the let's go Brandon nonsense uh, of of the political world. And that's the reason we're in a predicament that we're in.
0: Right. And we don't we don't talk about abortion in Alabama. Mm-hmm. It's a very taboo subject. Mm-hmm. Um, abortion happens every day. Well, it was happening every day in Alabama. I'm sure it's still going on because it doesn't matter how much you ban it. It's still going to happen The only question is, is it going to be safe or unsafe? Um, Pregnant people are smart. They will find a way. And when I say that, you know, I've taken calls at the clinic where people were told me that they were eating bleach tablets because they couldn't get to Montgomery. And this is when abortion is legal. So when advocates are telling you, you haven't seen the worst of it, you literally, it's not been enough time yet. Over the next three to six months, the case that you're all talking about with the 10 year old and the abortion boat are going to be long past gone because you're going to start hearing horror stories and you're already starting to hear them in early pregnancy. But you're going to start hearing stories of people being forced to carry a dead fetus mm. and hospitals waiting till the last minute when people actually start going into sepsis to do any kind of intervention.
1: Yep. Yeah. And uh, we, we've already heard some of these. You, you're right. Yes. I mean, you, there was a case out of Texas that was the same way uh, or that was exactly what you were talking about. And, and and those will be in addition to the horror stories of women, uh, very poor women in most cases, who attempt to solve their problems themselves um, and, and meet with a bad end and. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's going to be very much, uh, handmaid's tale-esque. Well,
0: my biggest fear is we're going to start seeing sepsis wars next to maternity wars like we did prior to
2: 1973.
0: Wow. Um, I'm, I'm kind of old. I'm 48. I grew up with stories of my mom's friends, all that, what happened pre-row. And there were sepsis wards back then next to the maternity wards. And people look at me like, "What are you talking about?" Until I tell them to Google it, and then they see, "Oh crap, we never knew that happened."
2: But yeah, it I'm, did,
0: and I'm, it's going to happen again.
2: I'm older than you by by about ten years, Mia, and I I don't remember ever hearing about sepsis wards.
0: Right.
1: Yeah. Well, it's you know, for, fortunately, for decades upon decades now, it, it's been a non-issue. Um, and, um, you know, I, I just um, I, I, I hope that at some level this drives enough people to to take a stand um, and and let's, you know, get something, <laughs> get something done to stop the awfulness that's coming before it kills a remarkable number of people. Um, and, right. And, we are and,
0: protesting almost every week in montgomery it's montgomery so you know josh you know we get little small crowds you know 50 200 people we had like 200 people one time we were like oh my god it's great (laughs) Uh, (laughs) but we are literally protesting every week to every other week um i am still running the powerhouse even though the clinic is closed next door i offer people a free plan b which is emergency contraception it is not the abortion pill so please don't conflate the two um you can come by and get condoms pregnancy tests ovulation strips um hand sanitizer you can get lube you can get all kinds of stuff from me for free because if you're not going to have abortion in alabama and a lot of people need help getting these items plan b is 50 bucks a pop if you walk into a local drugstore i have it for free please come get it if you're over 160 pounds you need to take two that's the only thing you need to know about that it's very effective if you within 72 hours of unprotected sex um but i mean we really can't do anything in alabama until the legislature starts as much as it pains me to say that because ivy is not going to call a special session i mean i saw that and that's do you think she's really going to do that come on <laughs> i mean i i get you have to put things out in the press but really she's happy about it yeah. This is no skin off her back whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. Whatsoever. Well, all right.
1: Before we, let, before we get you out of here, if, if people want to support you, I um, mean, because, you know, uh, you just heard everything that she does. So if, if people would like to support you, how, how could they do so? How could they get in touch with you? Uh, you know, what do they need to do?
0: the easiest thing is to message us through our facebook page which is powerhouse mgm on facebook you look us up it's not hard to find us um we have paypal we have amazon wish lists for condoms and pregnancy tests and things like that that you can buy and send us so we can give them out to our community for free um but there's everything is on our facebook page we have a website powerhousealabama.org that Regrettably, I don't keep up with as much as I do the other platforms because that's where everybody's at. Um, but we're on Instagram under the Powerhouse AL, um, and we're going to continue doing the work. We've done the work for years and years and years as clinic escorts and you know um, advocates, and we're not going to stop because we kn- we knew what was coming. We've been planning for what was coming. The only thing I didn't plan for was Alabama muzzling my free speech rights.
1: Yeah. Well, maybe somewhere along the way we can get some of this changed and, um, and help you out. But in, until then, you know, I, um, thank you for, for coming on and thank you for the work that you do. And, yes. Um, yes. you know, and if, uh, you know, if we can be of assistance here, you know how to find me, certainly. And um, I do. Um, and so just uh, just let us know and we'll do everything we can.
0: Thank you guys so much for having me on. Follow, I really
2: appreciate to, it. Follow, I'm going to follow you on Instagram right now. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you, Mia.
0: Thanks. Yeah. Uh,
1: it's you know, life uh, has drastically changed. You know, for 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 folks like her and uh, and it's just uh, it's a shame. It's it really it really is. What what's what I, I think they what the biggest shame here is the lack of foresight, um, and then the intentional cruelty uh that that has accompanied a lot of this.
2: Yeah. Well, like I said, I think uh I think Chambliss said the quiet part out loud and and now if anybody has any doubts about what this is really about and and also the hypocrisy that is embedded in his position, then You know, they they ought to wake up to that and they ought to realize that they've been, but what what did uh, el Malik El-Shabazz say when he was Malcolm X? He said, we've been bamboozled that we didn't land on Plymouth Rock. Plymouth Rock landed on us and we've been bamboozled. Well, I think the the religious right has bamboozled uh, the people of this country because uh, if it were truly about life at conception as they define it. And I stress as they define it, because that's not even a uniformly accepted definition theologically, but, uh, or scientifically, obviously, uh, that, uh, that they would be, they would make these fertility clinics their first stop, man. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. It's just, they've just, this is all yeah. a lie, you know, yeah. it, it, it's just, it's a, it's a, it's a very elaborate lie. And in fact, uh there's documentation out there, Josh. I don't know if we've talked about this or not, I can't remember, but there's documentation out there that, that 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 makes it clear that historically Southern Baptists and other and other uh religious conservatives used to be agnostic on abortion. In fact, in some cases they even uh, were uh moderately um accepting of it, and definitely they weren't. Ve va- you know they didn't have this ferocious opposition to it that mm-hmm. they do now. This is this is all been about politics.
1: I wonder what I wonder what changed. I wonder if if maybe the money changed them.
2: <laughs> hmm.
1: Guess we'll never know. Hmm. Uh, all right. Uh, let's uh, let's slide out. We'll come back. Uh, wrap this thing up in uh, just a minute. Alabama politics this week. everybody if you would uh, like an opportunity to interact with us here at uh, alabama politics this week uh, we've got a great way for you to do that uh shoot a question over to apwproducer at gmail.com that's apwproducer at gmail.com anything about alabama politics you want to know about uh, I don't know, what, what everybody likes to drink or uh, where everybody likes to hang out or you know, whatever whatever your question may be uh, what chances the democrats might have uh, in the uh, the upcoming midterm elections So shoot us a question over at apwproducer at gmail.com. apwproducer at gmail.com thanks we are back Alabama politics this week uh anyhow um Listen, uh, I haven't said in a while because we haven't been with you in a while. So if you'd like to uh, drop us a line, it's APWproducer mm-hmm. at gmail.com. It's APWproducer at gmail.com. And uh, you can rate and review at uh, Apple Podcasts uh, if you'd like. Uh, we, we, we enjoy the reviews. Uh, there was actually a good one. I should have pulled that up and did it. But I'm old, so I forget things. Um, uh but uh, yeah, it's you know we we were uh, talking during the during the break. Uh, apparently, somebody's phone went off, and our producer was unhappy with this. Uh, and so, you know, what you know, what's funny, man? It reminds me of that. Uh, ha- have you ever been at like a meeting, uh, or you know, some sort of a public meeting, or whatever? And an older person's phone goes off and the amount of time it takes them to find it and cut it off is always just the most substantial amount of time yep. that you could possibly devote to that. And, uh-huh. I mean, and it's always in the bag in the back and they're always just so flustered by the whole thing. And what kills me is it just happens all the time and nobody ever thinks anything about it. But in that setting, everybody pauses and watches. Right, yeah. How long' it going to take? Oh, come on, really? Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and it's usually, some, and I, well, I won't say usually, but sometimes it, not only is it seem like it take forever for them to be able to figure it out and shut it yeah. off, but then it's playing something crazy like Shake yeah. Your <laughs> Booty by KC and the Sunshine Band or something, you know, and you're like, yeah. really? Yeah. That's yeah. what we got to listen to yeah. for the next five yeah. minutes? Or, or, or like a, a ringtone
1: from 1998. Yeah, it's like, you know, the ringtone that, that used to be on like your Nokia phone phones that you get, right, uh, right. the one you played <laughs> snake on. Uh, uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's unreal. But mm-hmm. uh, all right, uh, you know, since we're back, also back is our right-wing nut of the week. And this gets us into what we, uh, we wanted to close with, which is the January 6th hearing. And our right-wing nut of the week, or nuts, I guess, are the uh, Secret Service of the United States, the agents cool. who have apparently uh, deleted text messages uh, that were sent around January 5th and January 6th. And, you know, why else would you hide them uh, unless they're just innocent and nothing, you know, nothing there at all? Uh, You know, probably just deleted them because that's what the normal protocol is. Except it's not, it's the exact opposite of that. Um, And boy, I tell you, Really, uh, a lot of people really, really need to apologize to the uh, to the the Biden's uh, German Shepherd that they had to send off after he bit all those damn Secret Service guys. I believe now <laughs> uh, he had that thing figured out long before everybody else did. Uh, he knew who was on the right side uh, what was of was was it. Uh, Major, yeah. what is that? his name, Major, his, uh, Major the uh, the German shepherd that bit like 12 <laughs> of those dudes. He just kept biting Secret <laughs> Service men. Nobody could figure out why. He never
2: bit anybody before. Uh, now we know why. Yeah. He was biting yeah. he all those Trump the, assholes is what he was he doing. doing the, those Trump the, devotees. The, that's right, who the Trumpers were. You know, uh, in all seriousness, uh, this is, this is uh, really remarkably stunning because um it's such a brazen uh mm-hmm. violation, really of federal law, you yep. know what we now understand as of as of uh as of today as of this week, you know as we're recording this uh we now understand that that these that these secret service guys, mm-hmm. and I say guys, I should say guys because they're women as well, these secret service persons were sent multiple notices about mm-hmm. how how their, their phones uh, were going to be updated or needed to be updated, but that they absolutely had to make a reasonable determination about what was government business and make sure that they backed that up. That was something they got multiple times. Yeah. So now that we know that, and now that we know that, they, that, that, that apparently a substantial number of them, whatever that number is, disregarded that, that's a mm-hmm. violation of the law. And yeah. they need to be prosecuted for that.
1: Absolutely they do. Uh, it's, um, you know, let, let's imagine for a moment what Fox News would look like if we found out today, later this afternoon, that some Secret Service agents had deleted text messages related to Hunter Biden. Hmm. You know what I mean? Can That'd you imagine? Yeah. Oh, we would, it would be over. It would yeah. be over. It would be the end. of. I mean, we, they would run a scroll on the bottom uh, of you know, this every single hour on the hour. And uh, you know, there would be a countdown of, uh, uh, of hours since we learned of this. And, uh, you know, it's, this is very important information. And, and not to mention, you know, I, I was somewhat skeptical of the January 6th hearings, I, and I believe that I was probably more optimistic than a lot of people, in, in, even though I had the skepticism um, in, in saying that these things might matter to people. But after the first hearing, uh, and, and I saw the way they had put these things together, and I saw the way uh, they were playing uh, recordings of the interviews and, uh, and testimony of various people, um, you know, it changed my mind. About this. And I believe that as, as we have continued on through this, more and more Americans have started to tune in and more and more Americans have started to say, wait just a damn minute. Mm-hmm. This is what was actually taking place This is what these people said. This is what was happening in the White House during all this. This is you know, this was the, the, the guy that we were supporting is, is the guy that was doing this shit. You know that yeah. you know the Hutchinson girl that that came out, uh, you know, and talked about Meadows and and how what was going on during during a lot of this stuff and how Trump had uh, tried to uh, get to wrestle the, the steering wheel or whatever, uh, you know, and, and it is these things, man. and The converse, but even more so, even more so, is the stark contrast between. The text messages, emails, and now their testimony under oath and what they, so many of these people have said publicly about this and the downplaying of it publicly while in the moment it was happening, in the days in, immediately following it, and in their testimony before the committee, they acknowledged the serious nature of this. And it, it, to see that many cowards, absolute cowards, Who laid down in front of Donald fucking Trump of all people and watched him try to uh, stop the peaceful transfer of power, knowing full well the plan all along through this. Was it, was it banning on, on the leaked audio? Trump's, Trump's going to come out and this is what he's going to do. He's going to say that the election was stolen. We've already started this. No matter what happens, oh, he's going to go nuts on social media. And they're just going to he's just going to pound away at him and say this is stolen. This was the plan all along. This was always the plan from them was to do this, not because it was right, not because they actually believed that some shit was happening, that the election was really stolen. They were Mm -hmm. doing this because they wanted to remain in power. That's all they were doing. They had no evidence of anything else.
2: Yep. And, And I think it also, another lesson that we can learn from this is that while Trump, I think, has displayed Uh, I'm going to give him some credit for this. Well, it's dubious credit, but I'm going to give it to him anyway. Um, You know, while he's displayed, I think, a very keen understanding of human nature, which is why he was able to bully the people that you Mm -hmm. talked about earlier. He also has simultaneously displayed a remarkable lack of understanding about the power that was in the government embedded in the government to check him because what Congress is doing right now, they have laid out a methodically, they have laid out a case Mm -hmm. that is that no matter whether the justice department intervenes or not, and God knows, I hope the justice department does intervene um, and, and indict him. But regardless of whether it does or not, the case that has been made for history's sake, for posterity's sake, it is it is undeniable that he is the most corrupt president we've ever seen. Yes. I mean you know i you know and, and and it's not about politics it's not about the mm-hmm. fact that he's a republican or that he purports to be a conservative which i don't really think he is no, i think not. he's just an opportunist and is yes. a narcissist but this guy literally... which is basically a republican yeah huh. but go ahead but, so, which yeah. is basically a republican but go ahead well yeah. i mean you know <laughs> no it, it, i know i know but, what you mean i know what but you I mean think, I, you're I, right think we've seen we've seen shades of yeah. Uh, you know, you and I both disagree with a lot of the policies or, or probably the vast majority of the policies that Republicans, um, you know, that they promote and that they mm-hmm. they stand for. But but one thing I think we can not ag- agree to is that when it comes to character, yeah, when it comes to character about some of the bottom line, fundamental things that make the difference between being in a democracy and not. We gotta say, man, my God, Liz Cheney, big ups to Liz Cheney, yeah. big ups to Adam Kinzinger, and you know Mitt Romney. I mean, there are a handful of Republicans that we can say have been standing on principle, and 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 they are they are going to be part of the reason why it's going to be impossible for anybody to say, you know, Donald Trump has been saying this is a witch hunt. The hell it is. It's not a witch hunt. This is all a well-founded case that, that I think proves indisputably what a corrupt, evil, despotic leader he has been.
1: Yeah, there's, uh,
2: there's no doubt about that. I mean, there's not. I mean,
1: at this point in time, the, the only person that's even, the only people who are even arguing the other side of this are the people that have, have slipped so far into the cult of this that there's just no talking to them. Um, you know, reasonable people on both sides of the aisle uh, have now taken a look at this and said, uh, even if you don't agree, you know, to the extent that, you know, maybe you know, Trump needs to go to prison, which I believe he does, uh, I believe he ought to be in jail for what what he did, how he handled this, uh, various acts uh, that, that he undertook as president um, and knowingly, knowingly did so without without a shred of evidence of fraud or anything else uh concocted you know, or, or participated in uh this plan simply because he wanted to to hold power and did not give a damn about the constitution of the uh, um, just the the normal peaceful transfer of power he didn't care about that but um I think that even if you stop short of saying that he should go to prison, I believe there are a number of Republicans now who've looked at this and said, this was a huge, huge problem. This is something that, that is a huge black eye on our party. Uh, it's a huge black eye on the country. It's it's something that, that some people should have stood up and stopped a long time before this, and we've got to make sure that it doesn't happen again. Um, and I I, I think that as they continue on with this and build this case, and I'm interested to see because we record this on Thursdays, I'm interested to see what happens tonight with the prime time deal in which they air a lot of Trump statements uh, for the country to hear in in context. Um, I'm interested to see how public opinion continues to shift on this because I believe it is is running away from Trump at this point, and I hope it continues down that pathway. All right. Listen, you know, we're back, and this is the quality that you get. So uh, you're welcome. Uh, that's, you know. And so, that's, you know, and you're going to get more quality next week. And until then, y'all be safe out there.